0: Are Healthcare Workers Resilient? This is a follow-up episode discussing the question that I've just mentioned. We need to know now, is the employer having any stress relief mechanisms set out for the employees? During the previous episode discussion, It was highlighted that some healthcare workers are regarded as being emotionally strong. They are able to handle any crisis situation with ease. This is to an extent that you find people praising them, commenting to say, I admire you, how you handle yourself, how you handle your duties. You are so strong. You are very resilient. You are so good. I could never be able to do what you are doing. And the person might continue and say, When I was growing up, I used to tell myself, After matric, I'm going to study and be a nurse, a doctor or a paramedic. But later on, I realized I cannot handle certain things like, for example, blood. Hence, I decided to follow a different career. With the previous episode, we spoke about psychological resilience as meaning an ability to bounce back into your immediate pre-crisis status after having been exposed to a very challenging situation. For example, nurses and doctors in an emergency department could be involved with a resuscitation situation. And unfortunately, maybe that patient did not make it. The patient passes on. So what is expected of them? Now they have to talk to the very distraught family members who are crying, and explain the situation to say, we are sorry we did our best, but the patient did not make it. After that, do you think these nurses and doctors will say, we've done our part, we are emotionally hurt now, disturbed, we're going home? No, they can't. They have to bounce back to their pre-crisis status because before the resuscitation process, they were busy consulting, seeing patients who had come due to ailments. And those patients will be sympathetic to their situation, but at the same time will be complaining about the long waiting times. Some will even go further and say, It's not our problem. Yes, we can see what you are doing. But why is the institution not employing more staff? And you find that on that day, it is well staffed. It's just that you can never predict to say, today we're going to be faced with a natural disaster or an accident victim or whatever that will disturb what you are doing. So, bouncing back does not really mean they are resilient. It only means they are fulfilling their hours of work because that is what is expected of them. My name is Peggy Mashamba. I'm a retired registered nurse based in South Africa. If you missed the previous episode, please do make time to listen to it. That will help you to can connect it to what we are discussing today. So, remember, the discussion is based from the perspective of a trauma nurse, which is myself. So, what I learned and experienced throughout my journey as a nurse plays a big role in this discussion. But I've also added links from research articles, which you can access as well. So if you are a first-time listener, thank you very much and welcome. If you are a return listener, it is very much appreciated. Thank you again. So as listeners, on your screen, you'll see an icon written "Follow." If you haven't done so, kindly press on the word follow so that when I upload new episodes, you will get a notification. You can search for this podcast as well under the name Nurse Peggy M Retired. So I'm inviting you now to grab your cap and wear it, and we'll call that cap the imagination cap. What i like you to do is to visualize what is being discussed and reach your own outcome. If you are not a nurse, you can visualize yourself, your situation, and think, am I resilient? Am I emotionally strong? Only you can answer that after listening to what is happening. You understand your own situation as each situation is unique. So I'm sure your cap is ready. You are wearing your cap. So come join me. Let's go. As people, we have different personality traits. Some people are introverts. They are shy. You find that they are very soft-spoken. They'll only respond when spoken to. Would you say such a person is not emotionally strong? No, you cannot. Because shyness is a personality trait of this person, but you don't know how he or she thinks or handles it. Difficult situations. There are those that we refer to as extroverts. They are known to be loud when talking, some of them. They are very talkative. They are always engaging. They are seen as people who are not scared, who are brave. When you look at them, you can think, yeah, this person is resilient, can take anything that comes his or her way. But when you get to know the person very closely, sometimes you find that it's the opposite of what you were thinking. This person is masking maybe an inferiority complex, some of them, or it's a very shy person, but has developed that coping mechanism that make him or her look like he is bold. Hence According to research articles, you cannot diagnose the person by just looking at him or her and say this is an emotionally strong person. This is a psychologically resilient person. For example, as we were growing up, each and every one of us, we faced different challenges. We developed different coping mechanisms. If you were bullied at school, you learned how to handle that eventually. So, in adulthood, you'll be adding on top of what you learned as you were growing up. You will improve or change on certain issues depending on your present situation. For example, A study done by Majid M. Aruwaili et al., link included, talks about experiences, perceptions, and coping patterns of emergency department nurses. The outcome of the study is that the most prominent coping techniques identified are the following. Nurses are problem solvers. They ask for peer assistance and avoidance. Nurses learn to adapt to their situation. The negative aspect is the high turnover to try and find better working environments. A second study that I'll mention is about Kendra Chetty. A link has been included as well. So according to this study, it states that some of the factors associated with being resilient include personality traits, upbringing, genetics, environmental factors, and social support. The third study that I will mention is related to paramedics. There is a channel of paramedic practice found on MEG online library, link included. So according to this study, paramedics have similar outcomes identified by other researchers already mentioned. Paramedics also suffer from high absenteeism rate due to sickness, attributable to stress anxiety and depression so paramedics are seen to manage their stress through talking to their colleagues which is peer support so coping mechanisms tend to be similar in order to survive according to these studies based on these research studies What problems or challenges the paramedics, nurses, and doctors face? What effect does it have on them? We said the challenge is emotional stress. So the effect. All three categories, they are known to suffer from burnout. You find them talking to saying, I cannot wait to complete this shift and go off duty, meaning that one wants to just run away from the situation. Some you find them they are chain smokers. Maybe a person was a smoker before, but now the rate is so high. Some they started smoking as the pressure starting to catch up with them. When you ask them, but you know, the dangers of smoking, why do you change smoke? A person might answer and say, you know what, this calms my nerves down. It helps me to avoid fighting, talking back, or shouting at my colleagues. Job hopping is another issue. For example, nurses you could think they are leaving their jobs because of a better salary. Yes, it could be a factor. But when you do the exit interviews, some, most of them will tell you, I love the people that I work with. I love my job. I, I love what I'm doing. But emotionally, it has become unbearable. I cannot cope. Hence, I'm thinking, I must leave this place for my own mental well-being. Sometimes you are told by other people to say, hey, you look tired, what's wrong? And then you might think, no, today we had a busy day, that's why I look tired. But the day you go to consult because you are sick, suddenly you are diagnosed with depression. And you are surprised to say, but I deal with patients with depression. Why didn't I notice to say I've got such symptoms? The reason is most of the time, as a healthcare worker, you are worried about the well-being of the patients, the well-being of their family members and your colleagues. We rarely think about ourselves our own mental well-being, we think we are still doing well. Hence you find, as the years go by, you are suddenly told you're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorders and you cannot believe it. So, what are we supposed to do? Do you think the employer has put out enough measures to help employees to deal with their situations emotionally. Remember, the life of an employee doesn't end within the work environment. You still have to knock off duty. Go home. Be a mom, dad, granny, an aunt. So... If you are not coping at work, don't you think it's rubbing off to your family members? And maybe you are not aware. So, how do we acknowledge to say, I've got a challenge, I've got a problem. Or acknowledge to say, you know, through therapy, through this, I am able to cope with and then you are able to help even your colleagues to say, look out, I can see, Or how do you feel? As you are listening, you're able to say to your colleague, you know what, I think it's time you go for consultation because maybe you need professional intervention. There's this sad scenario whereby there are certain doctors nurses or paramedics who are known to be very harsh they shout easily they are irritable they complain to management about each and everything they can't find anything right done by a colleague and does management identify a problem unfortunately You find colleagues, you are trapped. When you try and complain to management about these people, you are told, no, they are like that, you must get used to them. Don't take it to heart if they complain or shout, just ignore it. Do you think management is aware of what this is doing to the other colleagues? Those symptoms where we said people suffer from depression, suffer from burnout, maybe that could have been avoided if management are looking at this, at the behavior of these people in a different way. Help to refer them so that they can get help because maybe they are challenged emotionally. They are not aware. They are thinking their behavior is because they are perfect. Other people are not perfect. Only to find that at the end of the day, these people are crying for help. So the question is, is management having enough strategies to help healthcare workers cope with their stressful working situations? Usually available resources is we can go for trauma counseling. Debriefing sessions are organized for staff members. We do work with psychologists, psychiatrists and social workers within the institution. But the question is, are we taking advantage of this as employees? Do we consult or do we think it's enough to refer other people? Refer patients and family members for debriefing, for counseling? Refer them to those social workers, psychiatrists and psychologists? What about ourselves? Are we perhaps forgetting ourselves? Or is there more to it? What I can add that might be a surprise maybe to those who are not nurses, who are not healthcare workers, is sometimes going for consultation to a psychologist, a psychiatrist. It can have a stigma attached. You can ask yourself how possible because you should know better because of the type of profession you are in. Maybe that's a gap that we need to look at. It's one of the gaps to say, why is it a stigma when a person says, I'm busy with therapy, or I'm going to be admitted in a psychiatric ward, and then that person gets ridiculed, And then the other people who are watching, even if they wanted to do it, they refrain to say, it doesn't help. They are going to attach names to my behavior, whatever I do. So sometimes maybe we are our own worst enemies. For example, you might find the institution you are working under has got a 24-hour helpline. We do refer our colleagues. That helpline you can phone anytime. It's a 24-hour service. It includes your family members. Let's say you've got those feelings you are suicidal and thought, or you are depressed, or you don't know what's happening. You find yourself, you suffer from these meltdowns. You just cry. Or your hobbies are no longer active. You are a loner suddenly and then you phone them. They maintain your confidentiality and you get the help. But sometimes we break that chain by how we handle each other as professionals. You go to HR, they've got good policies set out to say if this is how you feel, these are the avenues available. So we can say the the employer has got strategies to help the employees, but the very employer, what are they doing to help the employees to take advantage of these strategies? Yes, these are adults, you can't force them. Yes, you can organize in-service training, but is it enough? From us as healthcare workers, are we ready to acknowledge, to say, at the end of the day, we are human beings. We are also vulnerable. We also take care of everybody else except ourselves. So how can we develop those coping mechanisms, those characteristics associated with a resilient person if we cannot acknowledge our own shortcomings? It looks like it's a two-way process. Based on research studies, it is said the employers need to improve strategies of helping the employees and employees themselves. We also need to take accountability to say Whatever is available from us, for us, are we taking advantage? Are we learning? Do you get irritable when they say to you, we think you need to go for debriefing? Are we ready to feel, yes, this is me, I need help. Maybe you find that when you go there, they tell you about your strong points to say, you're such a resilient person. But if you can do this and that and that, it will be much better. Or you are told, you know what? You need real help. You are falling apart and you are affecting your family members. Remember, you are not in an island. You are within a team at home. So, you need to be able to be functional. So, is it a straightforward question to say, are healthcare workers resilient? As human beings, I'm sure you've heard to say, a specific nurse, doctor or paramedic committed suicide. Why? It's because we are human and nobody can say Peggy looks like the type that can commit suicide. There's nothing like that. So maybe if we are overconfident, we need to stop and think and introspect. We need to rate ourselves as strong. No. You need to rate yourself as weak. No. Only a professional will be able to give you guidance, to take you along. Therapy is not for patients only. Us as healthcare workers, we are also patients within our surroundings. So, two can give a straight answer and say, yes, we are resilient. Yes, we're handling stress. Stress relief is there, but are we taking advantage? Thank you very much for listening. This is a very broad, broad statement. So if you can introspect, have your own answer for your own self, ask yourself, do I think I need to consult? Do I need help? It does no harm to go to a doctor and say, I've got a headache. I'm more forever exhausted, this and that. Listen, they'll do tests. Maybe you are not suffering from depression. or you are already. Let's accept who we are. Thank you, thank you very much. I know I had asked you to wear that imagination cap. Can we take it off now, all of us? Relax, calm ourselves. Let's breathe in and out nice and slowly. And relax, come back to normality. And I hope from here, each one of us, you will know. Do I think I need to consult or no? Nobody can tell you the right answer. It's only you yourself. But I repeat, it will do you no harm to just go for consultation as a healthcare worker. Thank you. We'll meet again with the next episode that I will post. Thank you very much. Bye.